Hello, Polyam fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. Welcome, Polyam fam, and thank you for tuning in and sitting down with us while we talk our poly off. We're going to talk about polyamory, which you probably figured out by the title of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and the common course will be polyamory and ethically non-monogamous relationships. If you know what polyamory is, sit tight and we're ready to go. If you don't know what polyamory it is, I believe that Bella has a quick... I do. I've got a quick uh, definition for you from the book More Than Two, A Practical Guide to Ethical Polyamory by Franklin Vaux and Eve Rickert. Polyamory is the non-possessive, honest, responsible, and ethical philosophy and practice of loving multiple people simultaneously. That's fantastic. So, okay, here we are. I'm Monsada, and you are Bella. I am Bella. So, yep. Bella... You're here to talk about poly. Why? What makes you qualified to talk about poly? Qualified? I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I think this is just um, something that our community has asked for, and um, they like discussion groups above all, so we're giving people an outlet for their need. Uh, my story and how I came across polyamory in the first place was probably about 10 years ago or so. Um, I was freshly divorced and felt like I was just relationshiping wrong. Um, it just never quite felt right. I can remember being in junior high and high school, and I was always the girl that had a boyfriend lined up. So I jumped from boyfriend to boyfriend, hardly ever single. I had an interest in somebody, and so I had to end one relationship to start a new relationship. It just didn't feel right. So after my divorce, I, you know, took some time for myself, found myself in the online dating world through a couple people that I met real quick off and off the bat, um, discovered polyamory. And this concept was just mind blowing to me. Like the idea that I don't have to leave one person because I have feelings for another person. Just this concept of like siblings or like a family. If you love one person, you can still love another person. There's no limit on it. Uh, nobody says that you have to cap off the amount of love that you share and give to people. So I guess from that point, I've been on all sides. I've been single and doing the relationship anarchy or solo poly. I know those are terms that somebody who's new to the lifestyle might not know, and we'll get into that at another another point. Um, I've also been the couple that's doing the typical right-out-of-the-bat unicorn hunting, seeking that single-by female that we both connect with magically and grow together with. I've also been the unicorn that likes to date couples. I've also dated single monogamous people who didn't know what polyamory was and found that that was not the way to go. I definitely had better luck with people who were already in 
the polyamory lifestyle or even anywhere under the ethical non-monogamy umbrella. Mm-hmm. And I guess that really takes us today to today. I've had multiple relationships and multiple dynamics, and um, it's a lifestyle that I will forever be, and I won't go back to just a monogamous relationship anymore. How did you discover the world of polyamory and ethical non-monogamy? I was in an archaeology dig in Egypt, (laughs) uncovered a tomb, and found great ancient manuals. And then the curse of the pharaoh has turned my entire life around. I see. (laughs) I was a severely monogamous person growing up in my youth and teenage years. I grew up from a terrible home, so I had a lot of insecurities and a lot of personal issues I needed to process through. So I had a very strong mindset that in order to be successful in my life, I needed to climb that relationship ladder. And the only way I was going to be able to prove to everyone that I did the right thing was, you know, that standard get married, have 2.6 kids, white picket fence. Oh, man, I understand that. Right? It never fit. Nothing about that docker pants wearing lifestyle fit for me. (laughs) Uh, No matter how hard I tried, I'd cut my hair, I'd grow it long, I'd get irritated. I was in a very serious, quick relationship. Um, I got married very young. I got married at 16 because I knocked a girl up. And it was the right thing to do to marry her. So we got married. She absolutely didn't want to. I felt like, again, that was part of the path to success. After that marriage dissolved and I took the child, I decided after reading some books, which had nothing to do with polyamory, some some books on like mental awakenings and, and freeing your brain. More philosophical. We'll go with philosophical. <laughs> it was almost like reading books written by people on acid trips. But we'll go with philosophical. <laughs> I decided that I didn't have to follow the footprint that was determined that I was supposed to follow by society. And in that ter- time in my life, I didn't care about relationships. I spent a lot of time just hanging out with who I wanted to hang out with, spending time with who I wanted to spend time with, and having friends, which also carried the benefits of sex. And I had a, a good, decent amount of time with that, and I realized that's what I wanted, and that's what felt right with me. So that's where I went. No labels. Until I got married again. Dun, dun, dun. Great marriage lasted... The relationship lasted 22 years. She knew going in that I was a certain way. We went on. The marriage, like many, had struggles. At some points, the emotional connection was almost non-existent, so I was one of those dirty bastard cheaters. Tisk tisk. Yep. Because I felt like, by this time, again, that old mindset of climbing the relationship ladder was very important. I wasn't going to go into this in much detail, honestly. <laughs> but this is how I got to where I am. I needed some kind of connection. I wasn't finding that in my partner. I cheated, never intending to leave my partner. And the people I was cheating with, I was always trying to get 
everyone to be friends and for all of us to be close and then hook right. up and it never worked and eventually I was like this lying stuff is for the birds and I need to just quit and I did we had a great conversation we opened up she opened up herself to allow me to explore myself I decided I was going to go back to what I was when I read those books and changed my life and I did but we wanted to do it differently. We wanted to have communication. We wanted to have a relationship while I explored other things. So I just got online and I just researched and studied and followed whatever link seemed to get me to where I was at. And that's when I found the word polyamory. Hmm. And from that, there was a little bit of like swingery type action and non-committal relationships, friends with benefits. Right. Until I started finding people like you who became serious in my life and who I could grow with on a relationship level. And so here I am today. Man, it's so funny how people have different paths and come to the same conclusion or get to the same place. But the way we go about it is so different. Yeah. Like my my story has nothing... You know, there was no cheating or... Um, nothing happened in my marriage that was like, oh, this isn't what I want. Like, we just grew apart and went our separate ways. Uh, I didn't have any experience in my dating world that I was really pushed towards Polly. It was just something I stumbled upon. And once I was here, I realized what I was missing this whole time. Uh, right. Whereas I think you, from what I understand, you had it, understood you liked it, left it, but were drawn back. It's almost like the idea that once you gain a certain knowledge... You cannot become ignorant again. Right. Not saying monogamous people are ignorant because they're monogamous. I'm saying that once you've experienced this certain thing, you can't unexperience it. Yeah. So for myself, when I was having my friends with benefits phase, I guess is what we would call it, each of the girls knew about the other girls. And it wasn't uncommon for someone to come visit me in my home and see one of the girls doing dishes, the other one playing with the stereo, and me in bed with another one, and no one cared. That was just life. That was just life. No one was forced into anything. And I felt affectionately toward each of them. Right. Because I generally do desire emotional connection over physical connection. So even in the cheating days, before I determined that dishonesty and lying was the epitome of destruction of self and relationships, even in those phases, I never wanted to leave my partner. I never wanted to lose anything I had with my partner. I still had great adventures with my partner. We still did tons of other things. I just also liked the company of these other people. And honestly, had I done it ethically from the get-go, it would have been a whole lot better of an experience. And things might even be a little different today than what they are. Right. I mean, today's still good, but it might have just been different. Right. So with all that said, Mm -hmm. what is 
your idea. I've got the definition from more than two of polyamory and ethical non-monogamy. But what is your idea of the two of them? Polyamory and ethical non-monogamy. I think ethical non-monogamy is this giant umbrella term which houses or covers other terms such as polyamory, polyamorous, swingers, friends with benefits, open relationships. However you want to determine that you don't need to subscribe to one partner, that you can have multiple people in your life in an affectionate or romantic level, it all fits under the umbrella of ethical non-monogamy for me. I agree with that. For me, for my terms, I, I, I'm on board with that. I prefer to, to attach polyamorous to myself. I think this is part of where you might have been going. I, I prefer to attach polyamorous to myself because of the fact, as I said a, a little bit earlier, I prefer to have emotional connections with the people I'm intimate with. I can absolutely play. I can do the friends with benefits. I can do the swinger thing. My preference is to be with someone in a level that's not just sexual or intimate. If I want to go do a stupid hobby, and I'm thinking to that person, hey, come and throw frisbee with me, whatever it is, right? It doesn't always have to revolve around kink or swing or... Mm -hmm. So for me, I prefer polyamorous because of that. Yeah. What about you? Well, I I definitely agree with um, my preference. I feel like ethical non-monogamy is the same with this giant umbrella that encompasses all these other labels that we can put on ourselves. Um, And, you know, everybody's got their own opinion on these labels. And who are we or who's anyone to tell that person that they can't label themselves as a poly swinger or whatever they want to be. Um, but my opinion for myself, um, I would consider myself polyamorous as I have emotional connections and, and intimate physical relations with multiple people that I fall in love with. Um, the level of that love can be deeper between people. The way I love one person is totally different from the way I love another, but I'm not restricted to this one person must meet all my needs and do all the things with me and they have to get on board with all my hobbies and they can be a nerd and a sports enthusiast or they can be one or the other and if they don't enjoy sports I'll you know talk to somebody who does enjoy sports and it doesn't take away from the first partner Um, so for me I don't really do the like casual friends with benefits thing well I consider myself not only polyamorous but I also consider myself demisexual Mm -hmm. so I don't I don't look at gender so much. Um, It's more, do we have an emotional connection? Uh, Do you challenge me? Do you have deep thought and conversation with me? Let's talk about the universe and the energy. Don't ask me how the weather is or how work went. Um, I'll zone out so fast on that. (laughs) So I need to build something a little bit deeper in connection in order for me to get physical and even allow you in my body bubble to hug me or uh, give me a kiss on the cheek. I won't, I feel uncomfortable with that kind of intimate 
space sharing if I don't have a connection on an emotional level with you. Okay. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put myself in the swinger class um, because to me, uh, that's a little bit more casual and that's something that you do with your partner to have fun. Um, Maybe you connect with another couple, maybe you connect with somebody else, but you're not looking to fall in love with those people, in my understanding of the term. Mm-hmm. Now, here are the definition, here's the definition of non-monogamy, according to Franklin Vaux and Eve Rickert with their more than two. Non-monogamy is a relationship which allows for more than one sexual or romantic relationship at a time. So under that umbrella, you can have an open relationship. And just like you were saying, relationship anarchy or solo poly, any of those terms, I feel, would fall under that ethical non-monogamy. I think actually, technically, you use the terms relationship anarchy and solo poly. Just want to throw that out. <laughs> I have used them, or I you use did them it right in now? this podcast. Actually, in the beginning, I didn't use those yet. Oh yeah, well I, I, I was think thinking, those are. Oh, I should probably say what those are, but that's a, probably for a later episode. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely more terms. There's so many terms in polyamory because you also talked about unicorn hunting, uh-huh. which is something that I'm sure will take multiple episodes by itself. Comes up all the time. It's essentially, a couple, however they're connected. Who are looking for a bisexual female who that they can share together the relationship grows with this person individually usually it comes from well we'll get into that in another episode <laughs> they're seeking a triad type dynamic right so we've talked about what polyamory means to us we've talked about basically what it is so how do people get into it and why how do you I mean what are some examples maybe you could provide? For how people get into it? Yeah. Oh, man. I think it varies on the relationship and the dynamic that they're currently in. Um, the go-to that a lot of people start with, mm-hmm. they're usually a married couple. Maybe not married, but it's definitely a couple. Um, and they're looking... They're looking to expand their relationship. Spice things up. Spice things up a little bit. Sometimes it starts with just the sexual aspect, and that's typically where you'll see them fall into like a swinger category, and okay. they're, they're just going to spice things up a little bit. But they're together for the long haul, just them. The other thing that I see a lot is where it's a relationship where they just want to open up. They're under the impression and their understanding that we don't own our partner. We don't control their choices. They have their own free will. They're not ours to control. With that understanding, they're opening their relationship and saying, hey, if you want to go meet someone and talk to someone, cool, let's just have open communication about it. Don't keep me in the dark. Don't lie and go behind my back. Let's be open and honest about all of it. I think those are typically the quickest ways that couples get into it Mm -hmm. Um, with solo and single people I think it's a matter of like 
you're online, you're dating, you find a connection with this guy, but you're also talking to this girl over here. And I don't want to cut off this connection with this person just because I'm also feeling things for this person. I want to explore both. Okay. So I think that's where people are like, is this okay? Is this, is this something I'm allowed to do because we grow up in a society and culture that's like, no, you have to pick one. People get caught up on that. And so when they start to question it is I think when they start Googling things and they come across polyamory. And that comes to exposure, <clears throat> which is where I was going to take that question. Yeah. You, you took it to a very nice kind of <laughs> a, a deeper, more ph- philosophical place. And while I was asking the question, I was just thinking that they watched Showtime and saw <laughs> one of their poly shows that have been produced mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, or maybe they're on okay cupid and they keep seeing people in their feed that's like i'm polyamorous and they're like well what is polyamorous and it's then they getting go google so it and much like wow that sounds fantastic yeah so much more attention these days i love it yeah it's really nice even if it's only perceived in a certain way at this point mm-hmm. we're still making a lot of headway into full-on acceptance Right. But I have generally found that people will see a TV show about it or run into profiles online or, like, I'm 100% open about polyamory in my life. Well, I'm 100% open about pretty much whatever you want to know. Right, as am I. But polyamory specifically, like, even the people I work with. I work in a place that's predominantly cis males and standard, traditional, you know, however you want to label old school methods of being raised. And I come in there, and I've been working there for a while now, and often we would we would have conversations in the morning. How was your weekend? What did you do? You know, what are you going to do tonight? And, and they knew I was married, and I'm still saying, oh, I'm going to go out on a date with so-and-so, or me and these girls are going to go hook up over here. And, and they're like, wait a minute, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and then after a while, and they hear it, and it doesn't become so taboo because it's part of everyday conversation. One of the things that I often find happening is at least part of the crowd is like, so tell me more about this. Like, <laughs> how do how I, do I get, get into it? How do I learn the, the handshake to get in the secret club? <laughs> because this sounds awesome. And then I have to laugh because I'm thinking, you think nonstop communication sounds awesome. Great. It's, it's not so sex. much fun. <laughs> communication all the time. But so those are the things that I've experienced in general is, is exposure through television shows or documentaries, online profiles, or just accidentally running into polyamorous people. Right. And I think it's pretty interesting, again, like you were saying about how people find their path here, the initial exposure to get here isn't always the same thing. No. Well, and we cross paths um, because you created a community. Uh, Mm -hmm. I found you. I was seeking a new circle of friends. I I needed a change at that season in my life. And... 
I jumped on Facebook. These days, that's where people go. <laughs> and I started searching for groups and pages and things. And you found mine. And I found yours. So how did you go about creating your Facebook group? That's easy. That's about as easy as you can get. When I finally was Googling and searching and trying to figure out how to do everything the right way and still have multiple partners, I didn't even know that the word polyamory existed. It was through me wanting to self-grow and explore and expand my consciousness in a way that allowed me to do ethical non-monogamy in a way which would not hurt my partner and would still allow me to grow the way I want. That almost sounded a little repetitive. I apologize. (laughs) And I lived in a small-ish town. It was not a small town, but definitely not a big town. So the community was a little close-minded and a little tight-knit, and people still knew people, and the neighbors knew what you were doing, which my neighbors had a blast, by the way, because (laughs) knowing what I'm doing has always been fun for them. And even after a while, the neighbors are coming over to party. Anyway, I I couldn't not figure out what this was. So as soon as I started figuring out, I stumbled across polyamory as a term. I started hitting all these websites and I'm searching Facebook groups, just like you were saying, for polyamory in my smallish town and naturally not finding a damn thing. Right. And I'm thinking, well, obviously I'm going to continue to not find a damn thing because everyone's afraid to be out because even in this town, you can't be gay without being treated like shit. Right. So, obviously, I needed a bigger community with a more open mind. And so I decided, hell with it. I'm just going to create my own group. And I did. And I created Pacific Northwest Polyamory. I did it while I lived in Walla Walla, Washington. (laughs) Where... There's onions. We know the onions. And apples. And now (laughs) a ton of wines. And a giant prison. And for the first few months, like, I'd get 14 people total in the group. And people are like, this group's stupid, right? Like, it's not doing anything. It's not going anywhere. It was it was a joke. And it took a while to cultivate it. And then as I was growing, because I knew that I couldn't just have Walla Walla polyamory, because that would only have me and probably my wife at the time <laughs> forever. And then it would just show us as the sideshow freaks in the town. I know I needed a bigger base. And because I was moderately close to Portland and Seattle and Spokane, I was like, okay, well, if we cover this entire area, then maybe we're going to cover enough area that we can get connection. Right. So why not just do all three states? Do the entire Pacific Northwest. It seemed like there was already, you know, by this time I already joined four or five groups that were really getting some steam going. And the members were everywhere. And so I did. And after a few months of cultivating, like I said, it did start picking up, and it went from 14 members to 75 members. And I remember when it hit 250 members, and I'm like, whoa, I'm losing my mind here. (laughs) And now it's five years later. Almost six. Almost six years, and you're at about 4,500 people in this community that you've created as a, I want to say, safe space 
as safe as you can make an online space, a safe space for polyamorous people in the Pacific Northwest to connect online mm-hmm. and meet up in person and hold discussion groups and talk about what's worked for them and what hasn't and what tips do people have. And that's really what pushed this podcast is mm-hmm. people asking us for our tips and advice and experience and uh, that's really where it all came from. Right. And uh, you know, ultimately it came from initially a place of selfishness. I just wanted to find people I could connect with. I think you did that. Oh, I did. Definitely. 100%. <laughs> but what I found along the travel is that not only was I finding people to connect with, I was finding that other people out there were just as much wanting this kind of connection. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be with me. Not everyone's my friend on the group, and that's fine. We connect with who we naturally connect with. But the group went from me wanting to find a couple of people to know to us all building a community where we take care of each other, we support each other, we help foster safety, discussion, growth. And it's not just me, as you kind of implied or I am inferred but there's a group of people that moderate and administrate what was once one group which is now 13 different groups at the time of this recording all by request of members all by request of members we have groups for various different types of ethical non-monogamy we have groups for, for nerds whatever right and We have some fantastic moderators who do an incredible job at helping make sure that these groups stay strong, solid, and full of support and growth. And active. They're the most active polyamorous groups, especially for a region. I don't want to make this a whole ad about Facebook groups or anything. It just... Too late. (laughs) It's what really spurred this podcast to start was, you know, we, we have this community online and we just want to take it one step further and give back to that community some more. Right. So here we are discussing the basics... And beyond. And beyond. <laughs> More to come later. So we're We've actually got plans. getting pretty close to being done. We had more questions, but perhaps because we know that this is going to be a recurring thing, we could save some of these for later. We can absolutely save them for later. We've got plans for guest speakers. You know what we got plans for tonight, though? Oh, I do. I do know. What? We're going to Disney karaoke. Oh, yeah? I'm so excited. Oh, me too. <laughs> I I'm love be, karaoke, and I love Disney. I'm going to be dressed as Minnie Mouse. I can't wait. I, it's I, so exciting. I love it when you dress as me. Yay. So, for the listeners, we are located in Vancouver, Washington. Mm-hmm. This is the base of operations for Pacific Northwest Polyamory. Yep. And as these groups have grown, we have created event upon event. Our members have created events. We have created not just a discussion group, but full-on living communities where people meet in person, they get to know each other, we all build friendships and relationships, multiple relationships, and tonight is a fantastic example of that. So we're going to go to Disney Karaoke yep. at Renegade's Bar Woo! downtown Vancouver. That was actually a shameless plug. That was totally a shameless because plug. Because people need to know where it's going to be. And we do love Renegade's. Renegade's is pretty awesome. Right. And I'm going to watch... Everyone else sing. <laughs> All right. I hate singing. 
least Well, I've had a blast. This uh, premiere episode of Talk Your Polly Off has been a blast. I've loved it. Yeah, we actually went over time. Woo! And we didn't cover half of our questions. Right. That's okay. So if that's the way that this podcast is going to go, I know you're watching the time. It's fine. It's okay. We already talked about going over if we need to. This, If this is any indication of how the podcast is going to go... We can't even get all of our one episode of questions out of the way, so you know you're going to get a second episode. You don't even know what we've got piled on for our future shows. We're going to cover some stuff from the fun stuff to the hard stuff to safety and and more community stuff. We're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk our poly off. We are. As much as possible because that's what poly people do is talk and talk. Communication all the time. (laughs) Side note, we do have a second podcast going and that premiere episode just went live. On accident. On accident. And I think it's it's on Google, it's on Stitcher and Spotify. I'm not sure if it's live yet on iTunes, but you can always search. It's called Hot Tub Poly Talk. Yep. It's literally us bullshitting while hanging out in the hot tub talking poly. It's probably going to be less serious than this one. It's so a little more fun. Want less of a discussion based? Uh, get in the <laughs> hot tub with us. <laughs> Come join us. Either way, you're going to hang out with us. We know you are because you're our polyam fan. And we love you. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you for talking your poly off with Bella and Monsada. You can find our Facebook page in the links. Or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page Polyamory Get Your Heart On. You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares. If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepolly.org. We would love to hear from you. That's right. And you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepolly.org. That's singular podcast, not plural. So until our next discussion, Polly and fam, live like there's no tomorrow, laugh until it hurts, and and love love without without limits. limits.